Memphis, Tennessee, it's Memphis Board Live. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. What it do? We are live uh, from high atop Mount Moriah. Down the hall from non-stop hip-hop here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to MSL on this Memorial Day weekend. Can't wait to get out of here at 1 o'clock and enjoy the holiday. But we are here with you for the next like two you hours. Never work. <laughs> I was speaking on, on your behalf probably, Johnny. I know you're ready for the for the holiday weekend. Uh, thanks for for joining us. I'm Kevin Streeter. Join alongside, as always, on the other side of the glass, the sleaze of Memphis, Johnny Radio. And uh, Conrad Hurt as well. We've got an action-packed two hours uh, today, we are still Memphis Sport Live. We are not Minnesota Sport Live, uh, despite uh, Dave Yeager's uh, disappointment there. Uh, we have so much to talk about, I think, right? Isn't there some stuff happened this week? Not really. What are you talking about? Uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. If you don't know oh, about it, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer joins us every week to talk Grizzlies. He'll join us at 11 30 we'll play hang up and listen at noon where you can call in and talk about it and say whatever is on your mind you know about actually whatever you want whether it's the grizzlies or not and we've got a, another great prize uh this week uh elfo's restaurant in awesome. germantown another 25 dollars gift card to elfo's is the grand prize uh today the best restaurant in the city that's during hang mm-hmm. up and listen we've got we've got so much to get to so much to talk about um and where's uh, that big dummy from jackson Marcus Hunter joins us right now. What's up, Marcus? Now, why I got to be oh, all of that? Jeez, why mm-hmm. I got to be that? Sorry, Marcus, I was kidding, man. I was talking about CJ. Yeah, uh-huh. sure you were. So you were I'm not from also? Jackson. <laughs> well, he, he thinks you're from Jackson, Tennessee, I guess. Uh, Mr. I Sel- family there. Mr. Selfie, Mr. Jackson, Mississippi, Marcus Hunter, uh, welcome to the show. Are you ready to get into the starting five? I am ready to get into the starting five. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, these are the five most interesting and important sports stories for the sports fan over the past seven days, and it is the starting five. And, oh, what a week. And it all started with the number one story, which is the firing of Jason Levian and Stu Lash from the Memphis Grizzlies. Robert Perra made a big uh, decision earlier this week to let go, uh, of course, the CEO, Jason Levian, and Stu Lash. Everybody knows that at this point. Uh, Marcus, you were texting me on Monday uh, when this thing was going down, and it was just a a confusing situation to start it off with, right? Yeah, it was a very confusing situation because, I mean, you know, we all knew or know that Para and Levian were like really good buddies, so you just didn't expect something like this to happen, especially considering that overall the Grizzlies had a somewhat successful season. Sure, they didn't go back to the Western Conference Finals, but to be able to get that team into the playoffs with all the injuries they had and take Oklahoma City to seven games, I would consider that somewhat of a successful season in your first, uh, you know, full, full, full year running the team uh, without Lionel Holland. So I was shocked. I was surprised when I saw the news and when I saw that it came across. And I guess the first thing I started to, to wonder was why, and I, and I don't think that we gotten really gotten an answer why right we still don't i mean it's been it's been days and days since since that announcement we we really don't know for sure of course there's there's tons of speculation so let's go ahead and do that ourselves what what is your do you have do you have a theory of, of what happened i mean yeah i have a i mean i have a theory i mean you know from uh, you know because i wasn't really you know in with the Grizzlies a whole lot uh, during the regular season as much as I had been uh, because of the move and because of, you know, my when I left Fox. But um, from what I was able to gather from, you know, some people that I had talked to in the media, that Levian wasn't necessarily the the, the easiest person to work with. Um, you know, that, that group wasn't really the easiest. You know, they weren't the easiest group to really work with and get along with. And, you know, when you're the CEO of a company, 
you have to be good for business and you got to understand that the Grizzlies are still a business and they're still about making money you still have other owners and owners that are a part of the team and you still have sponsors that you have to you know pretty much suck up to when you know they have to want to be a part of your team want to be a part of your organization I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it but you know if a guy's hard and difficult to work with then he could turn off some people and Robert Perra from everything that I've read about the guy and I know about the guy, he seems like one of those types of people who are really concerned about the people who work for him and the people who work under him. And he wants them to all have a, a positive working environment. And if there was any chance that there may not have been a positive working environment and that may have gotten back to, to Para, then that could have been, uh, you know, a possible, you know, reason for uh, some of the uh, disagreements between the two buddies. And, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say that that's why, but that's my theory on it. Because if those guys weren't really necessarily the easiest people to work with and get along with, then the owner of the company has to step in, especially if it's going to hurt his bottom line in the end. And maybe that's what Para did in regards to, uh, to living in the last. Right. So it's, it's two uh, best friends uh, that apparently, obviously, I mean, I think that's the one fact that we do know is that their, their relationship soured at some point. But yeah. the question is, whose fault was it? Did and, it? and it's probably a little bit, I would say, on both sides, you would think that the, because look at Jason Lemon, he probably bit off too much, than, too much right, to, to start with. The guy had to do too much under his job. He was doing, uh, you know, in charge, he's the CEO, but doing basketball operations as well as really being the liaison and the guy who had to to uh, not only be the voice to the Memphis media for the team, but also to the local owners, and which is a, a large group in itself, right? And yeah, just, and it, he was so he had so much to do that probably some stuff fell by the wayside, including uh, him his relationship with with Robert Pear. And I don't understand why he would take on that much responsibility, especially when you have other people in the organization who could have handled some of their responsibility for you. Chris Wallace being one of those guys who you still had on as a as a member of the staff. You know, it's, yeah, like you said, it's almost like Levian wanted to do too much. It, Robert Perry was the owner, but it almost felt like Jason Levian was the owner of the team, and Robert Perry, Perry just had the money. And, 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 and you know, that could have been a problem, problem, part of it, but when you're trying to do that much, when you're trying to run the team, when you're trying to handle the media, when you're trying to, you know, smooth with the owners, when you're trying to uh, 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 deal with basketball operations, that is a lot to have on your plate. And... Sure, we all believe, you know, if you're a competitive person like I am and if you think that you're great, then we all believe that we can handle everything, but you really can't handle everything. No one person can handle every job, and sometimes people believe they can and they, you know, buy out more than they can shoot. Than they can shoot. And how much, how excited are you about the idea that it seems like Levian couldn't get along with his balls and that here comes karma, here comes less than a year later than than with Lionel Hollins getting released from the organization because he couldn't get away, get along with his boss. Here's Levian, the boss in last year's situation, becomes the employee in this year's situation, and he couldn't get along with his boss, and he's out the door. you got to love that, right? Uh, what, you mean me personally? Yeah, what, as, the, as the official <laughs> president of the Lionel Hollins fan club, do you have a statement regarding that? Uh... uh this is what I will say regarding that. When you do wrong by people, you will not be rewarded for it in the end. When you do wrong by people, and it's only a personal matter in regards to you, and it's not because that person wasn't good at their job, not because that person didn't um, you know, do everything that you asked them to do, but when you do wrong by people, at the end, it will eventually come back around. And that could be in the form of come back around personally affecting you. It could be in the form of something better happening for the person that you have wronged and that person being able to go on and, you know, have the nan nanny boo boo moment. But in this situation, um, it came back around to by Levian because, you know, had he not handled the Lionel Holland situation the way he had, who knows if he would still have, have a job today. He could possibly still have a job today. We don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I'm pretty sure it played somewhat of a factor in it. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, so karma is real, and Levian came in, you know, like, like a bull in a china shop, you know, wanting to establish his people, get his people in, get his people in place with with, with little regard to, it seemed, to the people who had already been doing there working and doing a good job. Um, and karma may have come back to bite them. I mean, when you get to the point where you think you are the almighty and you are, are above all, if you're not the owner, realize that you're not above all. You're not the top because there is an owner who is still your boss. At the end of the day, if you have a boss, then you can be fired. Right. But there's there's so much to 
to uh, to sort through with the situation. You may, if he would have kept Lionel Hollins, would he still have his job today? That's an interesting question because I think we do, uh, as much as we disagree on the Lionel Hollins topic, I think we do agree the Grizzlies were probably four or five more wins this year, possibly, if they had Lionel Hollins. But that's it, you know, four or five. And they could have improved their seed in the playoffs and they could have advanced in the playoffs. Would it have made it harder to fire Jason Levian? At that situation, I think he still would have been fired. I think he still would have been. Maybe it increased his chances of getting fired because he didn't get along with with Lionel Hollins. Um, I th- so I, I do think if Lionel Hollins was still around, I think Jason Levian uh, would still be out the door. We still don't know for sure, though, what caused the, the whole situation. And maybe we'll find out. I don't know. But we'll move into number two because one thing we do know is that uh, Chris Wallace is held back in charge. Um, apparently, they have found the uh, survivors from the lost airplane. Chris Wallace was on it, and they have brought him here to uh, run this team. And uh, I'm not talking about that. I forgot there's another airplane that's in real life. But I was talking about, like, Lost. He was on an island on Lost. But, okay. uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a little insensitive, Kevin. Yeah, I didn't even think about that other airplane. <laughs> you mean the was, Lost airplane. Yeah, okay, I was talking yeah, about the one yeah, on, on the, the TV. Yeah, on the Lost. That they found those people from Lost. Because uh, it seems like he's been dis- disappeared, right? Like, where was Chris yeah. Wallace? I yeah, I uh, I, I missed Chris Wallace. It's great to have him back. Yeah, I miss Chris Wallace too. It's, it's great to have him back. You know, Chris was you know a, a guy who always very 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 friendly with the media, very very you know accessible. Um, you know, Chris would answer. He would ask. He would actually answer questions. That's one thing that Chris Wallace would do. He would answer a question. I don't, I don't, I don't recall Jason Levine ever really answering a question. You really think Chris? I mean, I think they, they, they both. I think just Wallace did it in a does does it in a friendlier manner than maybe that's what it is. He doesn't, he does it in a way that makes you think that he has answered your question. Levine, right. you, at, at the end of the day, you know he hasn't answered anything you asked. Right, Levian just seems like he's sleazing, uh, you know, kind of like he is the used car dealer trying to get away from the question. Chris Wallace just kind of seems like, you know, he's just kind of the, I guess the. The the dad kind of just defending his son's actions type of a thing more, where he's just going to spin it all positive and not say he's not going to say anything negative about his son, um, but he may not you know he's not going to say anything negative, so he's just going to spin it into the most positive way he can he can think of, while Levian is the guy who's trying to trying to sell you the car more than to sell to sell you like this is my this is my son and he he's great and what he's doing is good. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for Chris Wallace that he is back in the fold now. I mean, you know, the well, guy in Sacramento, yeah, yeah, for how long? But the thing in Sacramento didn't work out for him. Um, but hopefully, you know, with him being back in the fold now, and you know, more than likely through the draft, uh, whatever comes of that, it will, you know, be beneficial for Chris Wallace on down the line when it comes to him possibly getting an employment with another team if things don't work out. With him in the Memphis Grizzlies, so I'm um, happy for Chris Wallace. Um, you know, you know, Chris Wallace is one of those guys you root for. I right. Mean, so, but so okay, happy that he's getting this opportunity. But 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 Robert Pierre is still not talking though. That's a uh, the the thing that's interesting to me. He's got Wallace gets bumped back up. He's out there, and everybody's. We need to hear from Robert Pierre. We need to know what's going on. We need to know why he fired Jason Levian and Stu Lash, and and all, why is all this? What is his? What is he thinking? We need to know that. Uh, I mean. I don't expect I expect Robert Perry maybe to to release another Photoshop, definitely a tweet before we see him actually sit at a podium about this. I'm expecting more likely a I'm surprised actually that we've gone this far and he hasn't tweeted um, anything about the situation because he can wrap it up in 140 characters and not have to talk to the media, right? Yeah, he could do that, but he would still at some point have to talk to the media uh, because some of the media, you know, regardless of what he says in the statement, there are still going to be questions that we're going to come up with that we're going to want to know the answers to. I mean, that's our job. That's what we do. So he would still at some point have to talk to the media, but at least it will give the media an idea of what happened and why. And it will at least lessen the blow of the amount of questions that are going to come his way when he eventually does have to talk. Because eventually, at some point, he's going to have to address this. I mean, he's just the owner of an NBA franchise. He's going to have to address it at some point, right. whether it be him personally or through a statement. Well, I mean, there were, of course, it was quoted in the in in the initial statement, but that's still like press releases. I think there's a difference between a tweet. I think if he sends out a few tweets, he could really get the why out there a little bit more and have people stop wondering why because uh, it's gone on this long and people are like why what's going on they're they're wondering if if he is of sound mind uh but i i'm not questioning his i think he's 
he's just making his decision. He's the owner, and uh, I don't think it, it means that he is he is a crazy or anything like that. No, I but mean, again, Robert Perry, Robert Perry, when he first uh, became the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, he one of the things that they often talked about was wanting a wanting a winning basketball team in the city of Memphis, but wanting a winning basketball team that was also a top notch uh, organization as well. And so I believe that he's still committed to that and that whatever decision he made, it is because he believes that the Grizzlies could be a better organization and still win. Um, yeah, okay. Well, let's – I mean, well, it's, it hasn't been a very good uh, trend right now if you are an owner of a team to talk. Uh, Don Sterling, obviously, no. very bad, but he was secretly recorded. But Mark Cuban this week – uh, getting uh, the the controversy. What are your quick thoughts on that? As Memphis's only uh, regular African American sports talk show in Memphis. I, I honestly, I am. I'm a little bit shocked of of, of how easy of a path Mark Cuban is getting for the things that he said. Um, and Donald Sterling. I mean, obviously, in, in my opinion, neither one of them should have said what they said. But in my opinion, neither one of them, neither one of their words are worse than the other, because they're both basically saying the same thing. One of them just said it in a "Hey, nice matter of fact" kind of way, and the other person said it in an argument with the in an argument with the girlfriend. So, I, well, know, I mean, Mark Cuban was discussing thing. racism in particular, and exactly. in that stuff. The same thing, but 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 um, but. Um, um, Sterling was discussing race as well. He was just discussing it in the wrong kind of uh, setting. You know, he was just, he was having a conversation about about race and about um, you know his own prejudices. Yeah, but he wasn't and talking Memphis, about racism. No, and like no, he about not, no. and about stereotypes that people have. I don't no, know. I mean, it is. I think. Prejudice. I mean, Mark Cuban will. I mean, misspoke and into to some degree because it is interesting that he. Uh, about the about the what he said, a black man on if he saw a black guy wearing a hoodie, he would cross the, the to the other side of the street, and uh, then he went to the other side of the street. If he saw a bald man, white guy with all these tattoos all over his face, he would probably cross back to the other side of the street. They'd be scared on either way of those. So the people, some people, people are saying it's not a fair analogy compared to just a black man wearing a hoodie to a white guy who has to have tattoos and a bald head. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Not at all. Right. I mean, those are two completely. You know, I mean, so I mean, it's almost like Mark Cuban was saying, if I see a black guy, I'm crossing the street. But, <laughs> you know, I, but maybe, but, or was guy. he just saying if he saw a guy in a hoodie? Like anytime you see just. Uh, to me, if I see just any guy, you know, if you see a guy with a hoodie, and then no matter what race, and he's got the hood on, you can't see his face. So you don't, you're like this. This guy could be up to, to no good because if you even watch a movie, people, uh, you know, if you if you if you rob a bank or if you're doing something, you're wearing a hoodie. Do you think if we're in a club and he sees a black guy with a hat on, he makes him take it <laughs> off? <laughs> we have we have been to a club where that where that happens. If Mark Cuban does that, I don't know. No, that's interesting. There is racism out there. I don't think Mark Cuban many. I mean, Mark Cuban uh, has a history. I mean, you want to compare him? You can't compare him to Donald Trump. He has a history of of uh, stopping that discrimination in his companies, um, and I think he was just just trying to get the conversation out there. It's a little bit different than being. Uh, a long-time racist like Don Don Sterling and Mark Cuban saying, you know, sometimes people have to. I mean, we have to admit. I mean, we went to a club in this city, me, you, and CJ, and and my girlfriend, and they let her wear the hat and me wear the hat. But when you put on the hat, Marcus, they made you take the hat off. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, and, it, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a social experiment that we did in the club, and I, because after they made me take the hat off. Uh, then Cam Cam put it on, and then you put it on, and the same security guard walked by the same group, saw you two wearing the hat, said nothing, but because I had the hat on, asked me to take it off. And you are African-American. I am not. <laughs> she is not. So, yeah, I mean, it is – I mean, that is – I that may disprove the point that I'm trying to say that I think any I think uh, people you know when you're wearing a hoodie and you can't see somebody's uh, full face and everything that 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 can be intimidating because you think okay why is this person hiding but usually they're just keeping themselves warm though at the yeah, end of the yeah, day yeah, but if it's the summer you're worried if, if it's, it's the, the summer, winter yeah. what's the big deal yeah if it's the summer you're definitely a little bit more worried I can I can see that. Uh, well, yeah, and that's why I said, you know, basically it seemed like to me Mark Cuban would just basically stand up if I saw a black guy because to me a black guy wearing a hoodie is just, it's just a black guy. And it is, 
Right. I mean, but it's just somebody wearing a hoodie. To me, I think I, I can I can understand that somebody wearing uh, a hoodie. You you know when you can't see the person's face, no matter what they're wearing, could be a little suspicious. But that hat, like in our test that we did, that was just an impromptu test because they made you take the hat off at this club. Uh, was I mean, it's not like it was covering your face, and it wasn't anything like it was just a nice. You were just wearing a hat <laughs> inside, so <laughs> that that was outrageous. But um, yeah, all right, let's uh, keep moving in the in the starting five. As we said, maybe Robert Paris is afraid he's going to accidentally say something that he shouldn't be saying. Maybe that's why he's not talking. But uh, number three, Dave Yeager uh, could be the next to go. Of course, he's been granted permission to talk um, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and um, which is very interesting because if Yeager does go from the Grizzlies to the Timberwolves, if you go, this is, this is a very fun fact, you go to the Memphis Zoo, like the grizzly bears are right next to the timberwolves at the Memphis Zoo. I don't know if you know this, Marcus. It's, it's kind of funny. Like you go and the, go to the zoo and the, and the Teton Track or whatever they call it back there, Teton Track, Trek or whatever. There, you, there's the grizzly bears, and then right next to them are the timberwolves. So uh, it's not as close in the uh, on the, in the United States or in the NBA. But Dave Yeager could be going home. It looks like he is probably on his way out. Hey, Dave Yeager Yeager wants to make sure he can go to Super Bowl uh, 52. Right. He wants to go to the Super Bowl in a couple years. But uh, the – what he said – I don't know. Here's the thing with the – and I was uh, with the coaches here. I don't really know if it matters who the coach is of this this team right now. Because you had Lionel Hollins, who's the hard-nosed, tough guy – uh, was the coach, and they won 56 games. The next year, they have everybody hurt. They have a rookie head coach, and they can win 50 games. Uh, I don't know how much experience, or if you, as long as you have a guy who's not a lousy coach, I think he can guide this team in the right direction, or most NBA teams, for that matter. Am I wrong yeah, to I think mean, that? No, you're right to think that. I mean, because the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, and, and then the team had injuries last year, so imagine if that team. Uh, didn't have the amount of injuries they had and didn't start the season off slow like they did because they were trying to play at a pace that they just weren't capable of playing at. Um, you know, that that were a few more wins they could have had earlier on in the season right. there. But, um, no, I mean, I think you're fair in that assessment. I mean, in, 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 the, in the matter of the fact is, it is just because they are a talented basketball team. And, 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 and Phil Jackson knew this philosophy. If you have talent on your team, you can win championships and you can still win. So in the NBA, the Grizzlies, they have talent. They have Mike Conley, they have Marcus Hall, they have Zach Randolph. They have talented basketball players. And so they're going to be able to win games, be competitive, especially in the league where half of the teams make the playoffs. They are a team that should be able to continue to make the playoffs um, regardless of who the coach is. Now, a great coach or a better coach could mean the difference in a Western Conference Finals in the first round exit as well. <laughs> are you doing a Jaeger uh, Hollins comparison there? I mean, a little they bit, get, little bit. But they get, I mean, the Grizzlies, of course, it also a uh, Russell Westbrook injury can mean the difference between going out in the first round and making it to the Western Conference Finals, too. This also is true. Uh, <laughs> I do think they, this team probably needs, I mean, a veteran coach. We talk about if, if there was no injuries last year or if Hollins was the coach, they would have a few more wins. They might have had a better seed and they would have advanced, yada, yada, yada. But Dave Yeager, you have to admit, at the end of the year, he did a tremendous job with this team to get 50 wins with, with so much adversity and have to circumvent your way through um, all those different obstacles on the way to the playoffs. So losing Dave Yeager, it kind of it, it sucks because you want some consistency. You don't want to have to say, all right, bring in a new coach, and they're going to have to go through whatever Dave Yeager went through at the beginning of the year, which is the adjustment period with a new coach, while he's still trying to figure out who needs to be playing or whatever. Even if you're a veteran coach, you're still going to have to tweak things and figure things out like uh, like that. And so he's going to have to do whoever the new coach is in the event that Dave Yeager is gone, which it looks like he, he's going to be. Um CBS Sports just last night posted a story about how they should consider bringing back Lionel Hollins. Do you think that the do you think the what do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know what, bring back Lionel Hollins. I mean, I know for you and a lot of other media members, you guys would just hate to have to go cover that press conference. I don't think I, all, no, all I don't think you said about Lionel. I don't uh, think it's before and after his departure. I don't think it's the right move to go back and bring him back in because I do think they can bring somebody in, a veteran coach, if they can find somebody um, that uh, will be just as well as, as Lionel Hollins. So many people are on the anti-Lionel Hollins and are so tired of hearing the word and the phrase of anybody saying Lionel Hollins 
that it would just be a kind of a bad PR move on on a similar way of bringing in John Calipari is that people would be a little... No, no, no. Those are two... John Calipari left in a completely different manner than Lionel Hollins. People are tired of hearing about Lionel Hollins because the media made sure that people were tired of hearing about Lionel Hollins by dragging his name to the mud and basically saying that this guy has no business coaching the team going forward in the future. That's why people are tired of hearing about Lionel Hollins because even after Dave Baker got the job and was doing a good job, you still had some people who were saying, well, you know, Lionel Hollins could do better. And so, yes, you have people who were... Who, who ended up getting on the Dave Yeager bus in the Dave Yeager train and jumping off the Lionel Hollins bus who are tired of hearing about Lionel Hollins for the simple fact that they don't want the Lionel Hollins, the people who are pro-Lionel Hollins to be right. I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not they believe he's a, he's a better fit for this team. I believe they know that he would be a good coach for this yeah. team, but they don't want to prove the other side. Well, right? I don't No, I don't think it's about that. I don't, I don't know if all the players liked him as much either. You know, that was part of the process last year on whether how much, you know, we knew we didn't get along with Tony Allen. That was seemed to be pretty uh, well documented. Uh, so we don't know how well he gets along with the players. Of course, it really only matters if, if, if it's approved by Gasol and Conley at the end of the day. But at the same time, you're still, trying to, you're still trying to keep Zebo this summer and get something worked out with him. Um, the, the problem with Dave Yeager to me leaving is the lack of consistency in the way it looks from the outside world. And it does not look... Uh, it doesn't look very good. Uh, we got to keep moving in the starting five. Number four, uh, NBA playoffs still going on the conference finals, and it looks like we're still on course for that Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs uh, NBA finals. Not very uh, uh, surprising, uh, but of course, who knows? It could change around. Uh, Ibaka may be back for the Thunder in tomorrow's game. Um, Heat, Heat still just tied one-one in their series, but I doubt the Pacers have turned it on enough to take down LeBron James. And uh, a Heat team, which I mean, Wade and and Bosch. Uh, I think LeBron's got to be leaving, right? He's got to be leaving Miami. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's going to be leaving. If they win, he stays. If they lose, he goes. If he if he wins, he stays. They lose, he goes. If they win in three, Pete, he goes for four. If they lose, he's leaving. Oh, because he wants the idea of four, Pete. Nobody's won four in a row. No, there's never been a four, Pete. I think that would be a, a good idea, but I don't know if that team can four, Pete. I mean, I think I mean, the Celtics did, but I'm talking about it in re- recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but of where, the, of the I mean, peating, but where of would the he peating. go? Where would he? Where, where, where would he go? And Pat Riley's going to get somebody. Cleveland, to go wherever along. John Calipari goes, he goes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, Pat Riley is going to get some more talent in there to put around LeBron James. You know, they, you know, the big three thing was definitely going to put them in a bad position with the salary cap and it has, but they've gotten two championships out of it, three trips to the finals, a possible uh, fourth trip to the finals, and I, I just don't see Pat Riley not bringing in enough help to make sure that he keeps LeBron James around, because a player like, like LeBron James is not doesn't come along every, every year. LeBron James is Michael Jordan. LeBron James is Kobe Bryant. LeBron James is... Matt no, he's LeBron Dunn. James. He's the guys, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying like that's how right bad he is. All right, all right, Marcus. I know, but I'm just saying he's like on that level. Of I know, I know, I know. Hush. Superstar. All right, real, real quick. Number five in the starting five. Uh, as we talk golf, the FedEx St. Jude Classic is just a couple weeks away, and this story uh, shocked me uh, this week because you know who I pick every year to win the FedEx St. Jude Classic. Who do I John pick? Daly. John, John Daly. Daly. He may not be yeah. in this year's field. He's played the last 16 years in the FedEx St. Jude Classic, and he is um, the sponsor exemption uh, where the tournament likes, you know, you automatically are in the tournament whether you qualify or not. They can give out however many of those, less than 10. And John Daly has not been given one yet, and he's tweeting about it uh, to uh, the Classic, saying that, uh, you know, he's at a loss, that he's from here, that he should be in the tournament. I do believe, I honestly believe John Daly is a draw. Uh, I try to go to the golf tournament at least one day a year, and I always try to go and time it when John Daly is there, and there's always a crowd around him. He's a reality show, uh, just watching John Daly uh, smoke in those pants and then and then golf and to know that he is your local hero. I think he's as big of a draw. You put Jerry Lawler on a local wrestling card, people are going to show up. John Daly on a you golf card. You've got to be kidding. John Daly, people will show up to watch because really it's a casual golf fan that I am, which is a very casual golf fan. I know who Phil Mickelson is but I, and, and John Daly, but after that, if you're not getting Tiger Woods, who else are you going to bring in there that people are going to get excited and, and buy a ticket to go see? Hey, the ladies are going to come see Royal McElroy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's he, he's on the market now. 
Jimmy McElroy's yeah. cousin. Yeah, Jimmy McElroy's <laughs> cousin. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so give it. Do you, do you, I mean I don't know. I don't know if people buy their ticket to see John Daly, but I think it's something they expect when they go. I think John Daly's going. I think they expect it to be hot. They expect done, he's he's, he's going to be in the field when his offset's done. I mean, if you if, if you go for no other reason than to see his pants, I mean, you're going to show up to see what kind of pants he's wearing. Right. All right. Well, hopefully John Daly uh, will be. Oh, yeah. We'll know. We'll know Friday. We'll know for next week's show. But all right, Marcus. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, and well, maybe well, who knows what we'll know about the Grizzlies this time next week? We had no idea that this was going to happen. But I uh, appreciate you joining us from Jackson, Mississippi, and we will talk to you next week. Marcus, you gone uh, for the rest of the show? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, unfortunately, man, you guys. When, I, when I'm not there, I only get to talk for thirty minutes. So yeah, I mean, that's just the reality that I live in. But I hope to be back up there uh, pretty soon in, in the near future to uh, you know be in studio with you guys. Right. We'll hold Jackson down. I, I, I will definitely do that. All right, Happy Memorial Day, Marcus. Happy Memorial Day to you guys too. Happy Memorial Day, Memphis. Uh, and uh, I'll holler at you guys later. All right, thanks, Marcus. That's Marcus Hunter, live from Jackson, Mississippi. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore underscore Hunter, which is also his Instagram name uh, now, too. Uh, when we come back, Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyers here. You're listening to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 87.7 FM. Memphis comes for Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. Welcome back to MSL. Thanks for making us a part of your Memorial Day weekend. If you ever miss a portion of the show, you can catch the podcast at memphisboard.com or for free on iTunes. And when you're on iTunes, you should also check out the I Love Memphis podcast. This month is this month is almost over, and this month's uh, I Love Memphis podcast was uh, the May one for Memphis in May. We talked to Holly Ford from Memphis in May, but if you've missed other podcasts, we had uh, the guys from Andrew and Michael on uh, last month, and then the month before, Joe Birch himself, uh, Memphis's Tom Brokaw was second the best hair in Memphis. After me, yeah, uh, Joe Birch, number one here in Memphis, was on the podcast a couple months ago. So subscribe to the I Love Memphis podcast. Go to I Love Memphis podcast dot com. It's for free. You subscribe to iTunes. It's an hour show that we do every month, talking about uh, how much we love Memphis and how much other people love Memphis, and it's it's a, it's a good podcast. And Johnny Radio is a part of it. Johnny Podcast. Um, helps us put that on every month. A new one coming up uh, in about a week or so. Uh, every week at this time, we're joined in studio by the Memphis Flyers Grizzlies writer, Kevin Lipen. He joins us now. Is that you asking me, Johnny? CJ, you know that. All right, what's up, Life? How are you doing? I'd probably cross the street if I saw CJ coming too. I'm Would you, if you saw CJ yeah. in a hoodie, just CJ Especially with that turtle uh, tattoo, scary ninja turtle? Just, shirt just that CJ. He wears. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I think Mark Cuban would even be like. VC's, uh, you know, CJ walking down the street with his Ninja Turtle hoodie on. I don't think he'd be crossing the street. You sure with my Ninja Turtle backpack and yeah. my Ninja Turtle water bottle, he wouldn't cross the street? I'm pretty sure he would. I would be I, I would be afraid of getting, like, stabbed with a sword or something. Cowabunga. Right. They get Cowabunga to death. Turtle power. He may call you to help to try to take down the, the bald white guy with tattoos. He's like, here's a Ninja Turtle. That's a good point. That's a good point. I am lethal with my nunchucks. You need a bebop and rocksteady tattoo. All right, Leip have has the uh, um, whatever the weekly paper in Minnesota contacted you yet to, for your services? <laughs> not yet. I have not been given <laughs> they permission. Were, they have not been given permission. Not been given permission to to go to Minnesota. Um. All right. So we're waiting on that. Jaeger's partying with the owner this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they're meeting this weekend. Uh, I have heard some stuff uh, that if that's going to happen, it's going to be kind of early next week. You spend more Memorial Day weekend with your friends or your family or your future employers, I guess. He's had, like just grilling out in Minnesota, just, just chilling. Well, he could be going home to 
to his now his family's up there too, yeah, so you can so. hang with his family. It's over. It's a done deal. We do think Jaeger's leaving, right? I yeah. I mean, I I think there are maybe some other guys uh, in the mix for that job, but I think Jaeger is is, is definitely the top candidate. Who I else think. is? Are they thinking about hiring? Um, I I haven't heard any names. So <laughs> I just heard that they're. He's not the only guy. He's there not was, the there only was somebody guy. I can't remember who it was. There was somebody else who was specifically mentioned as like the owner's pick, and not Flip Saunders. But but if you can have uh, a coach from a fifty-win playoff team that played the Thunder uh, like that, yeah, you do it. A guy who's from the area too, so you're not going to expect uh, that he will want to bounce. Yeah, a guy who really it. apparently wants to be there, but yeah, you uh, you, you got to do it. If you're Minnesota, you have to do that. That's a great hire. Right, Monday the news went down, and it, there was it, people freaking out. Like, what's going on? It's all over. Do you think there's been an overreaction? Here we are. Oh, we're getting close to a one-week anniversary. Uh, did we overreact to Jason Levy and Stu Lash got fired, or we or we're just right on board right now, where this is how everybody should be reacting? Everybody this should is, be freaking well, out. I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair to be worried about it because this is. Um, Number one, you know, regardless of what you think of Jason Levy and whether you think he was like a sleazy guy or you think he was, you know, uh, you know, lying to people or couldn't get along with anybody or whatever, it doesn't matter. They made some really good moves. Like this was last year's team was the deepest right. team the Grizzlies have ever had. Uh, they were financially smart with the deals that they made. They got uh, Quincy Pondexter on a great four-year deal. You know, the Tony Allen deal, take it or leave it. Um, I think it's right to be worried because they had shown Levin and Lash, and you know Hollinger. Apparently, Hollinger sticking around. We don't. I don't. I don't know the details of that. Um, Levin and Lash proved that they knew how to run a basketball team. Um, right, and then it ended up working with Jaeger in his in his first year with a bunch of injuries is still able to get fifty wins too. Yeah, I don't think there's also- there's. I think any argument that Jaeger is a bad coach is a stupid argument. I mean. Right, uh, he can I'm only saying, get better off of that. After- right, I'm not saying he's Greg Popovich, but like he he's. At worst, he's a decent head coach. He's not going to lose you games. I think. I mean, to me, I mean, it could be. It could be fine. I mean, everybody loves John Hollins or whatever. He's probably sticking around. And then Chris Wallace did a tremendous job before. I mean, you can't he, forget he put together the core, the most popular players on this team, the best player. He put. The, and so, you can say it was by accident or whatever. He's well, still Zebo Gasol. Yeah, but look at the Conley, deals. Look at the deals Tony that they Allen. gave some of those guys. Think about just from a financial standpoint. I mean, Rudy Gay had a $19 million player option on the back end of his contract. Zach Randolph has a $16.5 million player player option on the back end of his contract. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the sign of a front office that thinks they have to way overpay guys to get them here. Okay, you but, didn't see that with Levin and Lash. They didn't do that kind of stuff. They got true, quality true. guys on smaller deals. They're not doing this player option stuff. No, I mean, they that's, were. That's, that's a disaster for the Grizzly salary cap next year. But how it, much of that was, and again, this is made, this is revisionist history, and it's just trying to make Wallace look better than maybe he is. I don't know. I think Wallace is pretty good, but I do think his hands were kind of tied with a, with so much of it because of Michael Heisley. I think that's you know, part of it, but I think I like think Heisley wanted Rudy Gay no matter what, so they offered him. You know, they backed the trucks up for him, and so they waited. Him whatever yeah, they, they waited until the last but, last minute and then overpaid him. So yeah. I think some of it. Has to do with Michael Heisen, but the but the talent but, evaluation, the idea. You think maybe he lucked into Marcus All? You've got to think he lucked into. Mar- There's no way he knew Marcus All was going to be an All Star, yeah, right? Nobody knew in that trade. That. He did get Mike Conley, but at the time it looked horrible, but turned out to be pretty good. It was there a way that he knew that Mike Conley was going to be uh, close to All Star status? No, probably not either. Uh, Tony Allen was. You can give him total 100 percent credit for bringing yeah, in Tony Allen. Absolutely, in in Boston and in Memphis, right. And uh, then your other player is Zach Randolph. I do think, I mean, there's some uh, smarts to go in with that, yeah. of bringing in Zach Randolph think, and giving him a real shot, which he had not been getting on these other teams he's playing. I think he, I think he's a good talent evaluator um, for the most part. I think. So that, then you have him and, and, and Hollinger. I just worry about it from a financial standpoint. But, I, I but mean, you this, have, I mean, maybe, well, I mean, I don't, when he's working with a different owner, maybe it's going to be a different scenario. Well, and, and if, so the rumors that we're all hearing is that they're looking for some type of coach slash GM position, and so if that happens, I mean Wallace's contract runs out the end of June or something like that. Well, why not have Wallace be the coach? Nobody's brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> why not bring Hollins to be coach and GM? Oh yeah. Uh, right. Let's look at let's look at some I'm of the co- let's look at the 
the names that have been floated out there. We have some of them posted. CJ's posted them at memphisport.com. Uh, so many names have been been thrown Eric out Musselman. there. Eric Musselman, did you see that one? Yeah, what do you think about it, about Eric Musselman? That one's been kind of taken off. The, the first one to be put on and taken off the table, right? Yeah. That's, Every other that's, one is still active on the table, I think, that I've heard. That's stupid. Eric Musselman is off the table. That's not happening. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, uh, head coach of the Chicago Bulls, is a name that's been brought up by Bill Simmons, a name that you, I know that you're kind of hesitant about the idea of getting because of his history of you're blaming Derrick Rose's injury on Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> I said that I worry about how much he overuses players. I mean, I think I think you've got, especially a guy like Marcus Saul, uh, you know, you can't be playing him 42 minutes a night. The counter the counter argument to that, which a, a lot of people got mad at me on Twitter and told me, uh, is that, you know, the Grizzlies roster is a lot deeper than that Chicago roster. Um, I think there's some truth to that. Maybe it's, I don't think they're that far apart. Um but you know, without Derrick Rose, for sure, the Grizzlies are, are a much better roster. Um, and so, you know, maybe maybe I'm just worried too much about that because what I've seen of him in Chicago has been, you know, the last two years without Derrick Rose. Right. And what's okay? And the, my question though is the picks though. Is he really would be worth giving up draft picks? Because in order to get him, you're gonna have to trade. And how many draft picks would you have to give up? I don't is, know. Is the question. And is it worth that? Because they, I do believe that this team. Uh, Cannot have you if you have a credible coach will do pretty well. You have a rookie head coach with this Grizzlies team last year, and they got fifty wins. And you yep. had you know the the tough Lionel Hollins, no nonsense Lionel Hollins. They got fifty six wins. They've had two different coaches in two different years and been pretty successful. Yeah, all things considered, and, and doing kind of different stuff too. I mean, that last year, um, by the end of the year. You know, Jaeger had instituted a lot more like kind of ball motion, middle screen action kind mm-hmm. of stuff into the offense. So I mean, they they were doing different stuff under the two different coaches. And so, so you so you bring it, you trade away future picks, which I think is important. I mean, the, yeah. at, at the end of the season, people weren't saying like, "Oh man, the coaching needs to be improved." That's the next step. They're still saying they need shooting. Yeah. And I don't think Tom Thibodeau is coming off the bench to shoot for you. Um, on this team. So, I mean, you've got to find a shooter. I think giving away your draft picks in the future will just mess everything up. That's why I'm kind of anti that deal. And to me, that's the biggest knock on the biggest knock on Levian is that the salary dump deal with Maurice Spates where you had you gave a first rounder to Cleveland right. next year. You know, it's protected, but it's still that a first round. That was one pick. of his bad moves. That that's, was a bad so that's move. that's next year's pick. It's protected. Well, how protected is that? It's uh top five. So if they if the Grizzlies make the playoffs or finish in the bottom five of the league they keep the pick okay if it's between like five and 15 cleveland gets it okay well that's and that and that makes it harder for them to give up first round picks and if they that makes you more hesitant to get you don't want to give up first round picks if you've already given up another one well they can't trade away this year's because of that and um and then you've got what also on the list so we've got that one you're kind of we're both kind of for multiple reasons hesitant on that idea but it could happen because he's a guy you could bring in for a gm yeah. position and a coaching position and and it's undeniable that he's a great, he's a great basketball coach i mean i think he's top 5 in the league unquestionably uh, i i i would agree with that but is he worth players because it is a i think this team proves that if you have the right players your coach you can find the coach for him yeah. without having you know you just got to have the right players and if you're giving away draft picks you're giving away players and we don't know we, you know we don't know what Tibbs would be like as a GM either so. right uh George Carl's on the list cuz he came in second place last year in the coaching search you can take George Carl off the list because he and Stu Lash work together very closely in Denver and they are good friends so that's why he was he was uh, oh he's, he's not going to take the job now because because Lash was because of Stu Lash yeah because yeah Stu Lash was the reason he was all right so we'll take Lash. George Carl off the list as well to go along with Musselman I think Carl would be a great coach right uh, I think I think he would be a great guy for the job I just think I think Robert Para uh, probably poisoned that I mean, well we we can agree that they've got to get somebody that people heard of right you can't yeah. go for the assistant at this no, point not at all. because then people you just got an assistant you just got rid of the guy he did really well. Uh, We've got Mark Jackson on. Just got fired from Golden State. Is a players' coach. Players love him. He also he's a name. He's not a very good coach. You don't think he's very good? No. I mean, he he didn't. He made it to the playoffs. You can argue with that too, because you're. Yeah, he won fan. 50 games this year. What do you mean? Not he made a good it to the coach. playoffs. They but they tossed him out in Golden he, State for a rookie coach. Every single person, other than the players, every single person in that organization hated him. You know, did you see how many assistant coaches he fired during the year? Everyone hates Mark Jackson except his players. I understand that, but 
still a good coach. Just because you don't get along with the people under you doesn't make you a bad coach. It makes you bad from a person I, perspective. Yeah, from a person. <laughs> You're a bad person, well, not a hire? bad coach. So, I mean, and yeah, no and way. Of course, uh, no way. Uh, I don't think he's that good of a coach either. I mean, he's a motivator, right? I mean, I think that's an instance of really good players who are motivated, but not necessarily from a strategy standpoint, doing their best work. But does this team really need a strategist or somebody to keep them going throughout the course of a year? Uh, Depends on who gets traded this summer. And, uh, of, of course, as pointed out by um, a longtime listener of the show, Stephen Russell uh, pointed out to us about Mark Jackson's uh, kind of situation he had in, in Memphis upon a visit, which we won't go into detail of. I'll just read you the headline of the story, which was Warriors coach Mark Jackson, target of extortion by stripper. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Warriors that. Warriors coach Mark Jackson, target of extortion by stripper, and that involved a visit to Memphis. So I don't know if he, if, if he wants to come back to clear his name here or if he just wants to avoid it Memphis as much as possible. Sounds like something Johnny Radio might have been involved in. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a new name that has gained, gained some steam, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. I'd be okay with that. I, it's not, he, I don't think he's as good of a coach as, as Thibodeau would be. Um, Which is interesting. He was... Uh, Thibodeau's, he was the head coach on the 99 Knicks finals team that had Thibodeau as an assistant coach. So yeah. they've worked together. They've worked together. I, you know, Jeff Van Gundy's a good coach. Uh, I'd rather have Stan Van Gundy, but he's in Detroit now. So uh, wait, wait, wait. You'd rather have Jeff Van Gundy, who hadn't coached and God knows when, over Mark Jackson? Mark Jackson's broadcast partner for a long time. I would, just because of, because of the, I mean, the that Warriors organization devolved into chaos over this season. And look, the Grizzlies are already in chaos. They and Van Gundy's a guy who could be GM. Like, see, Jackson, the thing about Mark Jackson, he can't be GM. You can't yeah, make I, him that's GM the other thing is, is I don't, I don't think Mark Jackson is, is going to be a good GM. Van Gundy, you could make him GM and coach if you wanted to. That would maybe intrigue him enough. And the idea that his brother's back in it right. uh, in Detroit. And also, if you're a Grizzlies fan, it means okay, you always complain about national TV games. It probably means they're going to show Detroit, uh, right. Memphis on national TV, despite the fact it doesn't look like a good matchup. But when it's brother versus brother, it becomes a TV game. Yeah. And so there you go. You get another national TV game out of it if you give Jeff Van Gundy. You know, he's not he's not my first choice. Um, I'd be okay with it. But he's not he's not my first and choice. He, I wonder how bitter he still is towards Memphis because he's so yeah. upset when Fratello got fired. Yeah, he, uh, he really so upset. trashed this organization a lot during the He was years. more upset than Fratello. Yeah. Who will probably be back in town next week for Italian Fest or a job interview, right? Or a job interview. <laughs> Do both of them at the same time. Speaking of Italians, John Calipari's name, of course, floated out there as a possible uh, new uh, coach for the Memphis Grizzlies. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty ridiculous. I also, well, I mean, it depends. If he's about to get in trouble for something at Kentucky, I think he'll take it. I think he's interested in the NBA job. It seems like that yeah. is, is he true. He basically has an NBA job at Kentucky, though. Right. <laughs> I mean. Uh, and there's the whole – is I, I would think that Perry may be interested in a John Calipari thing because I'm sure he's seen the headlines of John Calipari. And maybe he's delusional and thinks if he gets Calipari, then, then LeBron James will follow. I think, yeah. I mean, is that whole idea you can of, make that argument, the World Wide West connection. Right. But I, there's, I, I mean, that's that's the idea. This really it's, it is a serious thing being floated in the NBA. Is that if John Calipari is the next coach of Cleveland, then LeBron could go to Cleveland. It, like where John Calipari goes, if it was New York, that in certain situations that LeBron might follow John Calipari to the city that John Calipari goes to because he's a great recruiter in college, could be a great recruiter in the NBA because recruiting now matters more than ever before. If he came back to Memphis, though, if he came back to <laughs> Memphis, though, how long do you think it would take before someone burned his house down? I don't know. If LeBron followed it, would nobody would burn it down. People do hate him. I do think his hate would maybe disappear a little bit if he won here. If he didn't win here, then it would just add to it. It would be a, a situation they should definitely avoid. Which we're speaking of returns, that would go to Lionel Hollins. What do you think, Lionel Hollins? Uh, CJ's a big fan of Lionel Hollins. Is the, the to be kidding. GM and coach. I don't see Lionel Hollins as the GM. No. There's no way he could do that. No, so if we're looking at GM coach, he's out. But. Unless you want to have the you know Xavier Henry All Stars, you don't want Lionel Hollins as your as your GM. All right, so I, and I don't I don't think there's a chance that Lionel Hollins. What do you think? More of a chance that Kyle Perry comes here, or Lionel Hollins? Bummer. <laughs> uh, I think there's like a like a point five percent chance Lionel Hollins comes back. I think there's like a one percent chance that Kyle Perry comes here. So twice twice as likely. <laughs> and um, Kyle Perry comes. My pick is Bill Courtney from Undefeated. He's a football coach, but I do think Coach Bill would would be able to to really rally the troops. Brian Luan Tooley. 
Brianne Leanne Dewey too. Hey, she's a pretty good, pretty good coach from the blind side. But uh, I did tweet about uh, Tibble Courtney if you'd be interested in his. He is his, undefeated. Yeah, he, his tweet was, "Yep, feed the post, defend with a vengeance, use all your fouls, win like Detroit did with Thomas uh, and Lambeer. Uh That's who we are. So uh, maybe he's maybe he is interested. So physically assaulting people instead of playing defense. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this time next week, who who will the Grizzlies coach be? I don't know, man. Will it still be Dave Yeager this time next week, maybe? I don't think it, this time next week. I don't think it'll be Dave Yeager. I think something's going to get worked out with Minnesota. I think the the hang up there is going to be what Minnesota has to give the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are pushing for a second round draft pick for it. I think Minnesota's like, well, we can just wait until you fire him. <laughs> you know, right? I, I think, uh, I think, I think. Minnesota has more leverage in that situation, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I don't think it'll be Dave Yeager, but I don't think they'll have a new coach by next week. So, so we got Wallace uh, and Hollinger right now. I mean, there's a chance that it ends up being Wallace Hollinger still in charge, and you have a a, a coach. It's possible, yeah. And, but there's also the idea that the coach GM is going to be the same, and Wallace will either be gone or reduced into a different position again. Yeah, I, it seems the most likely scenario right now seems like they're going to have some sort of a coach GM position. Uh, you got to go for a big name. There's not many out there. I mean, is right. there somebody missing from this list? No. I mean, right? I mean, that's the list. And so you're really looking at, at it's Tibbs or Van Gundy, right? And if they can't get one of those guys, then what are they going to do? Then they're going to go – that the fallback plan is Wallace Hollinger with a coach? Yeah, I mean, I think Robert Perra probably should have thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. Look. And then because if you're getting Thibodeau, you're, you have to lose draft picks. So I mean, I'm so against that. And I don't know about Van Gundy. I don't know, but he's a, he's a big time star, and it'll give some attention to Memphis, especially from ESPN. Yeah, I'd if you're looking for more have, attention, I'm, I'd much rather have Thibodeau than, than Van Gundy. But I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to get him here. Van Gundy's a character. He's definitely a character. Um, all right. Well, we'll see how that goes. It's a, it's it's everything's been blown up. Uh, it, it's it's chaotic uh, now for the for the for the Grizzlies organization. Do you mind hanging around for a little bit longer when we do hang up and listen? Yeah, I can do that. Um, we're playing Hang Up and Listen next. 360-8255 is the phone number. 360-8255 is the phone number. If you want to play some Hang Up and Listen, you just call in, say whatever's on your mind. As long as you end your phone call with I'm going to hang up and listen, you'll be qualified to win a grand prize. And the first caller this week gets $10 to East 24-Hour Cafe and $5 to TCBY. It's finally yogurt weather. TCBY locations all over the Memphis area. Phone number is 360-8255. Leip's going to hang out uh, for a little bit as we play Hang Up and Listen on the other side of the break. 360-8255 is the phone number. $10 to East and $5 to TCBY to the first caller. You're listening to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM.